Welcome to Exploring Creativity. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and provide a community for creative people all over the world. On this podcast, we explore a variety of topics with a multifaceted group of creative people. We explore these topics in hopes of broadening your perspective and giving you the tools you need to do your very best work. Today, I'm speaking with Brian Garrity. Brian is a poet and collage artist. Together, we explored intuition, taste, falling out of love with the craft, and so much more. It was a great conversation with a great friend, and I'm super excited for you to hear it. Well, dude, thank you for uh, participating in this multi-month research project that I'm um, partaking in. You, uh, I've had a lot of really good conversations since we've known each other where, you know, we dive into creativity, we explore the topic, we explore the things around it, what it means, you know, in terms of how our interpersonal relationship, creativity, how our esteem, um, how intention and influence is affected. We've really gone deep on a lot of different areas. And so I was like, you're kind of one of the perfect people to have on this uh, series and also someone that I want to integrate their ideas into the eventual book that I'm going to be uh, writing and releasing. So I explained to you a little bit before. So thank you, one. And um, before, you know, when we were just running a test, I was explaining kind of how this whole thing works. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, I have a whole list of different topics I want to cover. Uh, that I'll be writing, maybe turn them into chapters in the book. But for the lives, I hear your take on different. Uh, you can kind of take it wherever you want, uh, wh- whatever sparks your uh, interests. And, um, you know, you can rip as much as you want. And if you're like, I don't have much to say, we can move something else. Yeah. The order doesn't matter. It's all really mostly about you. Uh, I'm here a little bit. Okay. Nice. on these things. So yeah, um, I picked out six different topics that I thought were relevant to, to you and the conversations we've had. I'm going to read them off and you let me know where you want to start. Yeah, sure. Great. So um, one is planning. So the idea of planning as it relates to creative work or planning the work or just planning in general, uh, sure. esteem, so self-esteem and how that relates to the creative process. Same with identity, taste, language, and competition. Oh, wow. Um, those are all really good. Um, I mean, the, the first one out of the list that like jumped out at, uh, was the second one you mentioned. Was that a steam, right? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting for me with writing with collaging i've like figured out after a while that um i think number one like as a creative person i think what tends to happen is you especially as a man sometimes tend to like judge yourself for not necessarily being into the same things that other guys are you know like happily into um you know, weightlifting, sports, all that stuff. I mean, I am a Nick fan, uh, which is part of the pain in my life. That's another story for a different tech, but uh, they're good now. But um, yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting that it took me a while to figure out that, like, 
art is not just it's not like oh this is a cool thing i love to do like while that's part of it it's also very much about how i manage my emotions so like for me writing um like journaling writing anything really um helps me to clear my head helps me to uh kind of see what i'm thinking in real time which is really helpful because i i found um you know like julia cameron has like the morning pages thing right where it's like you know getting the kind of like monkey mind on the page so you're not carrying that around all day and i think having that voice not like clanging around in your skull while you're trying to live your life is really helpful um and can obviously build on feeling better about yourself and you know feeling good about the things that you want to make and things you want to pursue um and i i think too i mean even more so you know with collaging um because it's more of an abstract thing i found myself um when i would cut paper it was mindless and it would just totally like help me drift um and i had found too that there was kind of like an emotional knot that unties in and it's still like with any digital collages i make now um you know it's a thing that uh you know like i feel i literally can feel like an emotional knot untying myself after i finish them mm. i will often look at the collages and have no idea what they are and um which is also fun because sometimes people see the things you make and they have this like wild interpretation that was far more brilliant than anything you could have ever thought about your work. And they're like, oh, you meant blah, 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 right? I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, meanwhile, I was just trying to like color code, you know, like the different shades of blue together or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like or match textures. It's not always like this grandiose plan, but um we all want to see meaning in everything you know so um yeah and i i think too uh as far as the steam goes i mean i'm jumping around but i i've had kind of like a journey creatively where i feel like i've kind of bounced from different thing to different thing and um i mean in college i actually did sports writing and <laughs> uh, was a feature columnist for bleacher report and um like for me at that point, like I mentioned earlier, you know, about kind of like connecting with other men, um, you know, about what they're into. Like for me, like writing about sports was like this thing that kind of bridged the gap of like awkwardness mm. between like me and other men, uh, which was really helpful. And, um, you know, and like then I like continued doing it and was like fairly decent at it. I mean, I got to do interviews with some athletes like i got to interview carmelo anthony in person with like a live press conference thing that was like really cool and memorable um there was like an hour-long interview i got to do with brian burtwell who's a sports writer who actually passed away and um it just it was one of those things that i like loved it while i did it and it helped me build kind of like a stepping stone for the next thing it was like not necessarily what i wanted but it was closer mm. than any other stuff i did prior um so like yeah i mean i ended up that ended up leading into you know me kind of 
hovering around reading a lot and, you know, obsessing over like different creative things that I would find kind of, I would say in isolation, well, I worked sales jobs for like the next several years and then, uh, ended up dating somebody who I'm not with anymore, who brought me to an open mic. And, um, I went up and I like read a couple of my poems, which at the time were like Shel Silverstein knockoff kind of stuff, like not, not anything I consider like unbelievable, you know, but like, um, People came over to me after and were like, that was really cool. That's great. You got up and did it, whatever. You know, and like, you go from being someone who's an invisible drone at your job to like people caring about what you have to say. You know, it was like a really nice um, thing that like led me to want to get better at it, even though I wasn't. Um, it was this really funny thing because I was like, I don't want to write poetry. That's ridiculous. Like, why would I want to do that? You know, and then. I just was at a point where I was like, there has always been this itching thing in me to like do novel writing or to write short stories or whatever. And, um, I was like, this is a way for me to get around other writers and creative people for free. Like it's better than what I have now, you know? And that was like the starting point, you know? Um, which I think is a huge, as far as esteem goes, I think, um, dropping yourself in the middle of a community or a group of people who are actively pursuing the thing you want to do um, is a really huge piece um, because what starts to happen is um, the illusion becomes that like, oh, everybody just makes stuff and it takes the pressure off. You know, it's like everybody's writing, everybody's making art, making music, whatever their, you know, medium is. And, um, yeah, uh, that was a lot. If you'd like, it's a Jack Feel Free. But you, you riff, but I definitely summarize. Um, yeah, the community thing, uh, working backwards off what you just said, the community, yeah. how it um, <clears throat> makes you feel seen and heard and kind of um, as it relates to esteem, like helps build that esteem because you're like, I'm not the only one at my job doing this or the only guy out of all my guy friends doing this there's doing this and in fact we're all kind of struggling similarly or maybe approaching it differently you're someone succeeding with something i'm struggling at and you're kind of seeing the different sides of of the same coin um and like you said um it turns you from this invisible at a job to what that um people kind of care about and 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 um care about their work and them and what they're saying and it's having impact um, you know, I, I really love this idea of, um, I was reading in a book recently, this sort of, I will effective esteem being like not knowing something to knowing something to practicing that thing and getting recognition for it and sort of like building that energy around a specific area, uh, how that I'll build it, uh, by just continuing to improve and the recognition from other people is a part of it. It's not a requirement, but even the recognition proved personally, um, helps. But I do think there's something to be said about the community aspect of it. Like someone recognizing like, wow, you're getting good at that. Or I really liked your poem, you know, that means something different than you being like, this is my best poem. Also important, but there is definitely something. Uh, yeah. It's also too, I think, 
in that regard, from the opposite end of the spectrum, you get feedback in real time. You know, when you're reading at a place that you usually read at and you kind of know people and like no one comes up after you or like less people come up after you, if you do a performance of something or read something, you're kind of like, okay, so that didn't really land with people, you know, like, so which happens too. So, um, you know, like I remember, um, my friend, uh, had mentioned to me that like <laughs> reading poetry at an open mic is kind of like instant publishing. Yeah. You know? If you're, you're like standing there and like throwing it out to the world and, um, you know, I mean, like getting rejection emails when you submit to magazines or, you know, blogs or whatever is never fun, but, um, bombing at a bar is completely different. It's like a very visceral feeling versus, um, you know, versus like the positive end of that, of like, you're at a noise bar and I've had this happen and it's like, one, it makes you feel transcendent, honestly, whatever it happens where like. You go up, you perform, and I'm sure you've had this as a musician where like all of a sudden, like the chatter gets low and the bar gets dead quiet and pays attention. And you're like, yes, I got these, you know, like they're right here with, you know, so. Yeah. I, thinking about those moments and sort of, I'm also thinking about like what it means. Like, what is the, you know, uh, why is that both of us and why do we know that moment? And. Part of it is like this, for me anyway, this feeling that people are, are really listening. Like they're really taking the time to listen. And um, I think in the day-to-day, -day, people don't always take that time to fully listen. And when you're like performing creative work, the performance angle of it like is meant for like, hey, I'm going to do a thing and you're going to listen. And so yeah. are, then it's like, whoa, like these people are actually giving their time to hear this thing, to receive this piece of art that I spent a week, a month, a day or on whatever it is, uh, yeah. you're seeing that feedback, um, instant public. I like that idea a lot. Uh, are there any other things you found that help either build esteem or have taken away from your, uh, esteem? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think as far as building it, something else that I would kind of recommend that would maybe surprise them. Um, and I was doing this back when I was in business school at Hofstra. Um, there's like any time that I would see somebody's writing that I like, um, you know, their art, whatever, if I was able to email them, I would email them and I would reach out to them or now, I mean, there's social media could reach out to people on social media and, um, you know, like there are artists that I've met like over the past, you know, five, six years. Um, there's a guy, David Grisel, who's in South Africa, who's this incredible surrealist sketch artist who does these works that are like, that's his entire job. Like he draws these beautiful surreal works and, um, you know, like I had reached out to him and like when I was drawing, kind of trying to figure my way out as far as like what my thing was going to be, you know, like I did in Cobra and I reached out to him and we had like a whole back and forth and like. Now we still follow each other's art years later, you know, and like having people who you look up to their work for them to like, then look back at you and be like, wow, that's some really good stuff you got going on there. Like, you know, it up. Um, there's even a guy I had made friends with over 
Instagram. Uh, this is like the coolest thing to me. This guy's your old collage artist from Switzerland. Yeah. And, uh, he's on Instagram. And, uh, you know, like somebody, I emailed, um, there's, I'm going to see if I can get the name of this place, right? It's long. Um, it's the international museum of collage assemblage and construction, nice. um, in Santa Fe. Um, and it's an entire museum like dedicated to collaging. And, uh, I email, I like found the guy's email who runs the place and he's like the owner of this place. And like sent them some of my stuff, whatever. And he's like, your stuff really reminds me of this guy, Bernie Stefanis. You should look him up on Instagram. And because he's 80, he has like 40 followers. So like he does get messaged all the time, you know, by people. And, uh, you know, I like reached out to this dude. He's somebody who like actively, like he makes like three collages a day. I'm sure he's probably retired that like he does this and like double exposure photography. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like fascinating and like a super nice guy. But I was like, this is a guy whose stuff is in a museum in Santa Fe who followed me back and like loves what I do. You know, it's like, like, doesn't mean I'm going to be famous, but it's like, it sustains you to meet the next thing, you know? So, which is really cool. Definitely. First of all, that's so awesome. I yeah. love it. <laughs> like, not just like a, you know, 30 year old guy or gal, like just like we're doing work that like is, you know, around the same age, but like, just like has done more shit or lived a totally different life. And now, you know, is on, is we're all place on the same app, yeah. uh, other, um, well, I, we've spoken a lot about this on the podcast that I'm on uh, about the benefits of social, media, um, because we often talked about the cons of it and sure. worked in the space doing marketing on social media, you know, there, I've known, uh, more of an appreciation over time. Um, and I think that's one amazing way is getting to meet so many new people through the work you put out um, online. I've definitely met a few friends that I've actually very recently um, in person that I met through the internet, whether it was Instagram or yeah. through the past or whatever it may be. Uh, that, um, But this idea of reaching out to people to build that network, again, kind of coming back to community, yeah means through which we build esteem i like that um this idea of feedback and um supports and i see jared liking right now <laughs> on on the internet and i'm so happy to know um i'm wondering what is uh i don't i don't think you mentioned the guy's name but what is the eight-year-old collage artist from santa fe or in a museum in santa fe uh, well, oh, yeah. Uh, so his work is really interesting. The guy who runs the place is, is Cecil Tushan. Mm -hmm. um, and the stuff that he does, um, he's on Instagram also. Um, and he actually cuts apart letters and then like rejoins them in weird shapes and stuff. And like his, I, I was watching you uh with him i found like an interview with him on youtube that was like 10 minutes or whatever and uh they were like you know so tell us about your work it's like oh um what was the thing he said um i'm freeing words from being trapped in their meaning that i was like that's so cool you know like it's just a random weird thing to like it's a different angle um to take on something that like we use every single day you know like that using um, 
different words and different pieces of letters and stuff and um different signage and stuff and like interlinking it that um it's taking the thing that has concrete meaning and making it abstract you know and making it beautiful so i mean it's like a cool thing that he does um you know it has me thinking about another topic about yeah we had planning here but we also i also had intention i didn't add this one here but i want to bring that up when you start i mean you're now you've been doing collages for years four years two no um so the collaging is really new um, okay i've only been doing collages for like a year and a half okay um and writing poetry you know, I mean, been that's been a while but yeah the poetry has been the thing that kind of like got me into the community um and then I dabbled with drawing a little bit. That's a thing that I really do for fun, um, more than anything else. But, uh, yeah, I mean the collaging, um, I don't know if this fits intention, but I guess to, to go down the rabbit hole, cause it's, you know, relevant to one of the things I did unless, it yeah. typically, which is because it's relatively new, like a year and a half, I remember, you know, learning guitar the first uh, I don't know if I had as much intention when I was writing and I developed that over time. I'm wondering with you, like from when you started the first to now, you, uh, do you feel like that you've been more intentional with the work, less intentional? Like, how do you think about that what is intentional scenario? So, I mean, the interesting thing about like collage work is especially doing digital, um, I don't know that intention is the word I would use as much as comfortable as we're like that. Like there's a specific app that I use, um, called pet collage. Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, when I was starting doing them, I had a lot of people that were like, you should use Photoshop, whatever. And for whatever reason, this was the platform I found. This was easier for me and it was working. Mm -hmm. And I was like, people are responding to it. I'm not going to do a thing that I don't want to do to complicate the thing that already coming to me more easily just because like the majority of people use Photoshop or whatever it is. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, the intent is a lot of the time with, um, the intent is to sit down and to start making the thing because I know with it being, um, specifically with digital collaging, like the beautiful thing is I'll have a thought of like, you know, I want to use pandas or whatever in this collage and I'll look up pandas and then something weird related to pandas will come up that wasn't my radar. Mm. And it looks way cooler and that jogs another idea. Um, and I, I feel like it's kind of, um, kind of a pairing those two ideas from other mediums. So what I mean is that like, I think it's, stream of conscious it's kind of like stream of consciousness like uses of images um you know just like letting what comes come um and like i had taken um improv classes a couple of years ago and they're like very proud um with yes and like yeah. using the thing and like having that kind of snowball and roll down the hill into something else so um yeah, I mean, I, I would say what it really has gotten to a point of, like, as far as the intention is, um, and this is almost like answering your question by uh, smashing it with a hammer is basically like, 
uh, is, Fine. you know, sitting down with the intention and realizing that more than likely my head that I see is not what's going to be the thing I meet. And no one else cares because no one else knows what you were thinking. They're mm. just happy to meet the thing, you know, so like, go make the thing. You know, like, is the whole. So good. So true. Yeah. Sometimes the intention just needs to be sit down art and see what happens, you know, and like, and f- other good things that are in front of you as you start, uh, whether that's a word that you discovered that I'd never have used before, but then you're like, why not embrace that one this time? Instead of saying no, but <laughs> you know, the yes. And instead, uh, I dig that. I think sometimes we, and I know me personally, like can over process things or over complicate things processing uh as a designer and and the work that i do a lot of it is is business development related does require a lot of processes so to snap into the world of art artistic expression and creation um you know to what you're talking about is so important where it's like this is doesn't need processed especially for you or i where the art is only meant um for expression we're not really trying to commercialize it in in many ways which I think is a different perspective for some, but an important one um, where we're not yeah. as like the thing. Um, yeah. becomes even, it's interesting because it could still fall into that trap of like perfectionism and processing. Oh, Do you, yeah. Happening to you as well? Like, um, or have you gotten into a state where you are in a pretty good flow state and you could turn it on and really dive into it? Um, I mean, I, I think, the thing that's really funny about this kind of stuff is what kind of spurred me, and this is what I was going to say before, is what kind of spurred me into going into collaging was I, I kind of hit a wall with poetry writing where I felt like I was writing the same topic. I was like, I'm kind of writing about the same family members, the same themes, like this is like, it's dry. I'm not really connecting to it anymore. Um, and I was like, I think I need to do something else. And, um, you know, there's like godsend of an old textbook that my grandma had. Um, it was like this old resume book that was from like when she was a kid or whatever, um, you know, in her early 20s or whenever. Um, had this gorgeous image of a rose growing out of a typewriter on it. Mm-hmm. And something in my brain just like exploded and was like, I don't know what that is, but it's to be used for something that's not that old book cover, you know. And I just started cutting it apart and... Um, there's an artist who, um, he became like pretty famous for doing street art. Um, he did like the, um, the Obama change poster and stuff. And, um, Shepard Ferry is his name. And, um, he, there was this like really cool, um, kind of like his own interpretation of Rosie the Riveter that. And like, that was a gorgeous thing. And I was like, I'm going to cut that up and mix that with this. And then I had like blue poster board and I just started doing stuff. And I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing with this. Um, and when it was done, I thought it was really cool. And I like threw it online because I'm like, I'm in a community of people that are really creative already by that point. Cause this is only like a year and a half ago, maybe two years. And, um, I was like, I don't know. It looks cool. Like I'll throw it online, you know, like. Totally just as a thing of like, maybe I'll make someone happy to see something right. You know, like that was my like big goal, you know, like, um, 
And like, I ended up getting people messaging me that they were like, you know, where did you get this from? What's your Etsy store? And I'm like, what? Like, I looked at you try. Like, and, um, and like after that happened, I found a lot of, a lot of like really good, um, kind of like meditative feeling from like cutting paper. And like, what I would do is if I was in a place of like not inspired to make anything, I would default to cut images out and like just sit around and like arrange them on a table or whatever. Um, and like, I mean, if I have sold some of them, I want to say there's probably 20 to 30 of them that are out in the world somewhere now that are like, um, you know, different friends from the creative community have bought them. Um, friends of friends have bought them. Uh, and like, it's just really cool to have somebody recognize your work. I mean, for me, um, very much like you said, you know, like my goal was not to do this in a commercial manner, which is like, um, which I'm kind of toying with now because I'm like, you know, people are paying attention, you know, maybe I should take this a little more seriously. Um, is, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that I just kind of, I think it's really important sometimes, like you mentioned intention, I think like a similar sounding word intuition is mm. important and trusting that gut feeling of like, I don't know why I want to do this, but I want to do this and just allowing yourself to not know what you're doing and just doing it and seeing where it leads and like, um, getting around. I, I said this with community before, but like another point around that similarly is I think you hear all these stories of like different famous writers and stuff that like they've given up writing for five years, 10 years, whatever. And they walk away from it. And I was like, if I could just stay around this energy and not completely give up and keep like, you know, keep kind of like a hangout on the cliff of this thing that like I'm still around it, like something will eventually get made. And I have to trust that like, I may not know what that is and it may feel weird or whatever, but you know, going with that and just seeing where it leads. Mm -hmm. Oh, so much there. Yeah. You, you mentioned it before and I wrote it down. I don't know what I'm with this is what you said you started collaging and i feel like that is a thought that i don't know how many people are having you know like i don't know often someone is saying i don't know what i'm doing with this and is still continuing but um yes. yeah. well and i'm glad you did it and i'm glad you mentioned that because like the starting phase of any sort of endeavor anything really you don't know what you're doing um and yeah. i found like the moments where I'm able to turn that into excitement somehow, where I'm like, this is a free falling airplane, like um, skydiving. It's yeah. not falling off of a building. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. two different, very similar. Um, and it's sort of this reframing of, I don't know what I'm doing, but trusting my intuition, like I'm going to get somewhere with this. Whether that's, I find a brand new thing about um, the panda. I think he's at a panda. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you're starting with this idea, like I want to make a clause with pandas in it. Then you Google realize there's some really fascinating information sort of related to pandas, but maybe not. And, yeah. follow, and following the next thing, um, it seems like the process of collaging, which I don't know much about, is very much connected to sort of the artistic path 
of just starting with something, continuing with it, seeing where it gets you, it, um, and trusting intuition. Would you say that's that's true? Is that something that you've maybe read about uh, when people are speaking about the process of collaging? Uh, I, I think that as far as with collaging, I think the process for like paper collaging and digital um, is different because I mean, with paper collaging, there's obviously an accumulation of images that you need to have as where digital, you can op on the internet and type in anything and use whatever you want. Um, which is kind of what made me switch to digital is because like, I'm a huge book hoarder and I was like, I don't just start another collection of a different kind of book, you know, <laughs> like they have magazines everywhere. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, there's, there's a website that's worth mentioning. I don't know a lot of people that know about it. And I, I mean, collage as like in a practice is not something that's like majorly respected i mean if you type collage into google it auto corrects it to college right so i mean it's like who cares um but the name of the website is called it's called collage it's k-o-l-a-j magazine um and they have like people from all over the world that make collages of digital junk sculpture collage like you know you name it they have it and um they have the reason I bring that up is because they have a thing on there uh, where they they have like where you submit and send them a video or whatever, and they based on like what you show them, like they will accept um, you to like be featured as like a, an artist studio on there, and like you get like a little write up for them or whatever. I haven't done that yet. Uh, but I've gone on there and they have like really cool different practices of some of these people. And, um, you know, like one of my favorite, I mean, and it's, it's like top of mind because, you know, we're still, uh, you know, I don't even want to say coming out of, we're still in the midst of a pandemic that seems maybe could be safer, maybe not. I don't know. But, um, yeah, the guy who, uh, is a doctor who was working full time, who was a collage artist, and he was using the biohazard stickers and chopping Ooh. up and making like little figures out of them and shapes and like, you know, just like such a simple thing of like there's this disposable material that's around them at a job all the time and he sees an opportunity to turn it into something beautiful. You know, it's like such a, a cool thing. You know, it has me wondering how has collaging change the way you engage with art? Um, I mean, I think to even make it broader, I think it's changed the way I engage with the world. You know, I mean, I, for me, I know one of the challenges that's a fun Easter egg thing that I used to do in the beginning when I was doing digital collaging, um, when we were like homebound and we're like, you know, we'll die if we walk outside, like we should stay home. Um, I would find items in my house to like zoom in on or like cut parts of or whatever and put them in the collage. And I just think that's really like fun and ridiculous because I'm like, no one else's collage is going to have the fan blade from my house in it. You know, so it's like a weird um, thing to do. But I mean, I still went up out at restaurants um, or I'm, you know, walking back to my car from places or whatever. Um, I will, you know, keep an eye out for, you know, weird textured ground, weird items on the, you know, 
that are dropped on the floor. Um, you know, crazy wallpapers that are in places and take pictures of things as a mouth. And, um, that I think is like the, the quote unquote, like plant part and like intention part is like that I'm always actively looking for something. And I know with some of the stuff, like I know I'm going to accumulate photos of stuff that I mean, never use, but it's like it kind of keeps your brain on that you're constantly just searching for things and it helps to, I think, make it easier to find them, you know? So what other, uh, ways, so you collage, uh, as for your life and in, in a, an example of, of life, one of them is just eye out for things and appreciating things, being whether you're, yeah. or whether you're in a, bathroom and see wallpaper or something, you know, um, uh, how else has it, has it helped you changed you? Um, I, I mean, the other thing that it helped me do also was it started to get me diving into visual art more and I've really taken, uh, an interest in, you know, when I found the thing and I, I kind of did similarly what I did with poetry where I was like, if I'm good at this. You know, like, or if I'm going to do this, I might as well try to get good at it. I'm like, see who the people are that are like best at this and what they do, whatever. Um, which led to being like looking stuff up online, you know, which is how I found that museum in Santa Fe. Um, you know, making some of the stuff, sending it to other collage artists, following them on Instagram. Um, I'm a huge fan of surreal art. Um, as I think a lot of people are into like really weird stuff today. I definitely am a huge fan of that. Um, my favorite painter right now that I'm like currently obsessing over, um, is Remedios Vero. She's this female artist. Um, she was also friends with Leonora Carrington, who's also incredible. Um, and I feel like a lot of the surrealist women were overlooked and did not get nearly the credit that. Um, you know, Max Ernst and Renee Magritte and Dolly and like a lot of the bigger name people that you hear about get, and they're all wonderful too. I love all their stuff, but, um, you know, like Remedios Vero's work was somebody that I really connected to recently and, um, or I should say connected to more, um, recently I've always kind of loved their stuff, but, um, yeah, it, it just has made me kind of look at art as a whole now of like this huge kind of just this huge infinite like infinity pool to jump into of like stuff that i need to look at for inspiration and dig back deeply on and see what's there and what's been done you know and like how can i add to it or make it different or weirder you know mm. yeah that history angle of art uh, sort yeah. of a treasure trove of inspiration mm -hmm. Um, I had to hear taste at one of the, um, yeah. and I wanted to kind of transition to that because we were talking about collecting different ideas, uh, from history and, and figuring out, yeah. um, um, how do you think about taste? What it in? Yeah. I mean, I think the, th the thing that's interesting is I forgot who the quote was from, but, um, Um, Ira Glass has this really, that's who it is. So Ira Glass has this like incredible quote, uh, from NPR, um, about creativity. And one of the things he talks about is, 
the way you get into being an artist is because you have good taste and you know, you kind of know what great work looks like, but you like, know your work is not there yet, but because you're a huge fan, you aspire to get to that point. Even if you don't make it, you know, like there's some joy in the chase of that and figuring out, um, you know, along the way, like how close can you get? And I mean, I think that ties into also what I mentioned about reaching out to people who are your heroes that are still around mm. that the stuff that, um, you know, have kind of lived their life in the way you want, you know, and they ask them questions and read their biographies and see if they have a podcast, you know, like, um, there's a guy, Derek Sivers, um, who I absolutely love, who was the founder of CD Bake and He's somebody who, um, he literally like now he's a, he's a writer and he writes like three to five hours a day. Mm. Not stop. He lives in New Zealand, like retired fairly early. Um, and like he was the founder of the first online music store. I emailed him and he got back like not expected thing, you know, and he was like super cool. And he was like, you know, when I started out, um, Seth Goat, who is a marketing writer who I absolutely loved. I feel like calling him a marketing writer is like limiting because he's so much more brilliant than that. Um, but, um, he, he knows, uh, Seth Godin and Seth Godin, like kind of told him about, um, you know, he's like the, the way you founded your company and everything else was amazing. Like you should write a book about it. And Seth had this like, uh, book project called the domino project that he like published the book through, um, and I say all that to say that, like, he, when I messaged Derek Sivers, he sent me back a quote that Seth Godin gave him, mm. um, which was really cool because, like, I've never seen it anywhere else. And um, it was basically, like, um, along the lines of, like, and I'm, I'm totally, um, what do you call it, uh, paraphrasing here, but he basically said, like, work hard, be generous, be patient, everything's going to be fine, you know? And it's just like, you know, if you do the work and you don't get frustrated about how long it takes, um, you know, like it, it also too, I mean, it, there's, it's worth mentioning. I feel like I can devil's advocate myself on a lot of this stuff. Um, it's also like a really healthy reminder to tell people too, who like, want to write or want to be artists or whatever it is. It's like, um, it's also true that you don't have to be, you know, like there's a billion other things. You could be someone who's into rock climbing. You could be someone who's like the best chef in the world. You know, I think so much of this stuff comes down to self-awareness and like learning more about yourself through the exploration of the stuff. And like, ultimately you have to try things. You know, like if you don't try things, like it just comes down to this point where you can sit and theoretically think that like you would be happiest, um, you know, being a professional ballroom dancer or whatever, but like you may not be, you may hate dancing if you try, you know, like, and you wasted all this time, you know, fantasizing about something that wasn't for you, you know? So it's like, um, I probably touched on like all of your topics at that answer but yeah <laughs> i mean there's so much to be said in, in such a, a simple um not simple but short 
sentence, you know, like um, that you can sit at home and, and think, oh, I'd be amazing at this or, you know, I, I really want to do this. I'd, I'd be so much happier if I was doing that or whatever. But you don't really know until you start. And then you know until 10 years later, you know, or whatever, or eight months later, whatever it may be. Yep. My buddy Lane today about um, skateboarding. Like I just got into it about two months ago. Growing up, I probably jumped on a few skateboards, but I didn't like really dive in until two months ago. Sure. I'm trying to do it every day. And like, you know, I'd always wanted to skateboard, but never did it. Didn't know if I'd be good or bad at it. And then jumped on and sucked. And then I kept doing it. And then today I jumped on and was like going over all these bumps and all these things I hadn't done before. And was like, how am I even doing this? Like, this is the same same person, um, but totally different person at the same time. Um, all that to say, I mean, that, that's a positive, a happy ending to that story, but sometimes <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not the thing that you want to be doing. Um, but the, cause there's so much to do. There's so many yeah. things. That, um, and I think you're, you're very inspiring in that way and that you're someone who does do that and does try and try the things and, you know, goes to places, meets people, integrates new hobbies, see if it works, keep the things that do and and discard the things that don't um that's that's really interesting and great uh, i think it's fun to add i mean specifically too because you're a folk singer right Just, um you know like i bought a guitar i was really excited about it the first couple of weeks i can't pick that damn thing up now without being dead. like i don't want to do it at all and i literally got to a point where i was like well at least i know you know and like like for me, like as far as instruments go, like I played piano when I was a kid. I'm like, I can like bang around on a piano and I have no idea what I'm doing, but like it brings me joy. A guitar, the second I put it in my hands, my whole mood gets angry and I, it's like unbelievable. It's so bad. And I'm just like, well, I know a lot of musicians. Maybe someone will use it to like play behind me at an old you know, like That's like whatever, you know, like. That's it. That's a great point. Uh, in the book, I had an idea around uh, falling out of love with the craft, um, whatever that may be. I know I've, I've ins and outs with design, uh, a craft that I've known uh, for over 15 years now. Like, um, how do you think about falling in and out of love with these things? Like, sometimes it's like you play it. I don't think guitar is for me. I'm over it, whatever. That's a new hobby and it's quick. Yeah. What about something like poetry that you, for a while, but you were saying there's a period of time where you just weren't inspired. Um, how do you reconcile those kind of moments? Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I mean, I, it's funny, like I mentioned before the thing of like, you don't have to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and reminding myself that like, like I'm a human being, I'm not a, I'm not a poet solely, you know? So like, it's like, if you don't want to write your bills are paid, you're fine. You know, like you have a job, you have a roof over your head. Now, like, um, that's the boring answer. The more fun answer is like, whenever I'm in a place of like struggling or whatever, I will often read somebody who inspires my, um, you know, who inspires my writing. Um, I 
really connect to uh, listening to spoken word. Yeah. There are a couple that I really, really like. Buddy Wakefield is like amazing. He changes my whole mood when I put him on because he's just so happy to love me. It's just like um, Joshua Bennett is really good too. And um, I got to meet him actually in person and a really good piece of advice he gave me was um, not just for performing, but for writing. He said, steal other people's cadences. He said, musicians do it all the time. He said, but I don't think writers think of it as a thing to do. Hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of the time, like when you hear somebody perform a spoken word piece, like there's a poem that I have um, that, like I remember sitting and writing that thing right after I listened to a Buddy Wakefield poem and Buddy's rhythm was in my body while I was writing. And you're just, you know, like coming across the page with the stuff that, um, you know, you're hearing the person's words in your head, but you're writing your own, you know, and I, like a really interesting, uh, weird thing that we're capable of doing, you know, is like that internalizing rhythm and then spitting it back out, you know? Yeah. It's this, the, upside to mimicking you know like being able to flex someone yeah i i find that that's very interesting yeah that idea of like can you steal a cadence or can you steal a way of phrasing something um you know there's so many pieces of things to borrow and, and and take and then your own work um i know we were talking about that book a while back um is it um you'll uh, something with steel in the title. I think. like an artist, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's the author that you look like actually. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm kind of like Cleon. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said something that I am a human being. I'm not a poet. You don't have to write. Um, and I think that's, that just had me thinking about the topic of identity. Um, yeah. have you, what has been your relationship with identity? time what as being as being a poet or being a collage artist or have have you not even thought of it that way um i think that i tend to be it's interesting because i've had people ask me you know like oh are you gonna make a separate instagram for your art or whatever and i'm like no i like the fact people see that i'm a human being you know that it's not just a page of photos from some random guy Mm-hmm. you know, like makes art. Like I like the fact that like they see that I'm out at an open mic or that, you know, um, they see pictures with me and my friends or whatever. And that's not for everybody. I understand like everybody has a way of operating in the world. And I mean, I, I think, um, making your art, your identity, I think can be really dangerous because when you're not when you're not producing in whatever the medium is you're in, um, I think it can be the kind of thing where you you start to, instead of saying, like, I haven't written today, you literally internalize it as, like, I'm not a good person. And I don't know why that happens, but I've done that before. You know, where, like, you hate yourself as a whole person for not doing this one activity that, like... um you know, again, if you're someone who's paying your bills and you're in good health and like things are going fairly well for you, um, like there is another day to be lived tomorrow and you can try again, you know, like no one is on all the time, you know? And I mean, the couple things that came to mind 
or his identity, uh, you know, was um, two of the quotes. They're, they're very different. But um, Austin Cleon says, don't worry about the noun, be the verb, um, you know, or, or if you want to be the noun, do the verb. Like, if you want to be an artist, go make art, you know, like, don't worry about the title. Because, I mean, how many writers have you met that say they're a writer and they haven't written anything? I was that guy in college. You know? I'm like, oh, I'm a writer. Well, what have you written? Well, I'm working on this. No, nobody's yet. It's like, you're not doing anything. You're lying to people, you know, like. For you. I mean, a lot of people are making film. Um, I haven't seen any of them, but I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The other quote that I thought of that uh, kind of gave me chills when I heard it, I was like, ooh, that's like really, wow. Um, I had on the audio book of Andy Warhol's uh, biography last week, and um, I don't particularly connect to his art, really, but he's an interesting thinker. And um, the thing that he said was, um, I'm a mirror for people. Um, when a mirror looks into a mirror, what does it see, you know, or what is left? And I was just like, wow, that's, and it was basically like him saying, like, I don't know if I am anymore. I'm just a reflection of what people want me to be, you know? And I was like, that's a really terrifying place to get to, you know? And, um, like, I know for me, one of the things that I really pride myself on and I'm really happy about is one of the first words I've ever heard said about me from people that are friends in the community with me or whatever is that i'm really supportive you know that has nothing to do with my art that's that i'm a good person who likes to be there for people who i care about who are making good things and are good people you know so um which i mean ties again back into the thing of what i said before about being around that energy um you know and being inspired by other people who, you know, work in different mediums, you know, like there are a lot of my friends now are musicians and I love seeing how their brains work, you know, it's great, you know, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's always a great quote um, um, <laughs> um, this, I, I knew this would be a good uh, wealth of, of information on this. <laughs> um, so I've, Two more topics. I have language and competition. Um, language, obviously, I chose because you write, and you know you're you're always reading and listening. So, um, and then um, I chose competition because it's an area that being in community can often um, promote the idea of. Um, so, I'm wondering how you think about either topic. Yeah. Um, so I was, it's interesting. I was thinking about it today as far as like, and I think, I feel like you can't mention language without mentioning influence because I mean, the way that I write, um, comes from reading widely, you know, like I think whenever you're in an art form, I think the best thing to do is to cast a wide net. And, you know, kind of pull from everything, don't discriminate. And then, you know, after a while, I think what starts to happen is you're somebody articulates something that you believe in your own philosophy way better than you ever could. And you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's like really what they're doing is saying what you've always believed yeah. in like a clearer way, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
Yeah, I would say as far as that goes, I think um, <laughs> this is actually like a good, funny, uh, quick anecdote to tell. Is um, so I had gone to this poetry reading that Kaveh Akbar did, and um, he's like a really well-known poet now. He's got this incredible uh, website that he did called Dive Dapper, uh, which is interviews with other poets. Um, that he loved and he got like so wildly famous that like two other people run the site now. He like doesn't have time to do it, whatever. But, um, yeah, he's brilliant. And, um, I got to meet him in person. And when I went up to him, I was like, you have, you know, tips for someone who's like trying to take poetry seriously or whatever. (laughs) You know, like I'm expecting this like wildly pretentious answer on what he said was like almost laughably simple and like kind of surprising. He was like, he's like, you know, the game, the Sims man, I was like, yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, like if you want dude to be a painter, you like drop him up front of the canvas. and like, you know, till the bar over his head fills up. He's like, that's you with poems, man. Just got to drop yourself in the recliner. Damn. He fucks until the poem, until the bar fills up. Ooh. And, and he's, and he was like, you know, write a lot, read, like read more than you write. He said in the beginning, he said, you're not going to be that good. Nobody is right. You know, um, (laughs) the thing that was like my favorite part of it was I was like, anything else? He's like, yeah. He's like, you want to hear the secret? I was like, yeah. He's like that people think it's more complicated than the things I just mentioned. That's it. That's all it is. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, so, and I've had conversations with like other friends who were artists that like, you know, I know for me, like if I'm writing poetry and the stuff I'm writing tends to be stale or feels like I've done it before or whatever, it's probably like if I'm not writing well, I'm not reading well, you know, um, or taking in some kind of influence if it's podcasts or, um, there are, I really like documentaries too. I mean, I'm a big fan of like those and, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many things out there now. And I think it really, um, is just finding the thing you want to drill down into. And I mean, we're in an era where like most of the people listening to this and you and me have access to the internet and, you know, like Seth Godin has this ram where he's like, you know, most people like or on the internet playing Angry Birds. Like, why aren't you doing something else? There's so much more use for the internet than that. You know, like, um, so yeah, <laughs> that's the language thing. Um, regarding competition, I think that's a really, uh, that's an interesting one for me only because I feel like for me, uh, and a friend said this to me and I thought it was really funny. They were like, kind of built you're a target market before you had a product. Like, you know, your friends, like you accumulated this massive community of people that by supporting their work, you know, and um, like when I ended up making a thing, it was kind of like, you know, the field of dreams, you know, build it and they will come kind of (laughs) like, um, you know, like a friend of mine said, like, it's, she was like, it would have been really funny to see you follow through on guitar because I feel like, when you like finally perform publicly, like a thousand that showed up for you. If people would have been like, who is this guy? And it's like, in reality, he's the guy that showed up to all these other people's events. Like, 
So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I, um, I don't know that, that competitiveness is as important as having like someone to be accountable to maybe in the beginning before you're self-motivated that can help. Um, and I mean, I think again, it comes down to like self-awareness and your, you know, if you are a competitive person, be competitive with somebody, you know, like talk to somebody else who's an artist and be like, Hey, um, I'm going to write as many poems as I can by this date. And you do the same thing and we'll come back together and see who did more or whatever, you know, like whatever. Um, I mean, they even had like a study they did with this. There was like a thing I heard on a podcast where they had like two studies where they did like group A and B. And like group A was given the task of like make the best piece of art you can this semester. And group B was asked to make more things. And that was it. It wasn't a quality thing, whatever. And what they found was that like the people that made more things, like your batting average goes up, you know, like your stuff ends up like the stuff that's great rises to the top. And like, you know, like I've made since the beginning of pandemic, like over 300 digital collages, like they're not all unbelievable, but there's enough good ones in there that like, you know, they've resonated with people. And, um, I, I also too, I mean, I think we're not always like the best judge of our own work you know, and that sometimes putting the thing out into the world and not allowing your inner credit to have a say, just see what other people say, um, is really valuable feedback you can get as well. Um, and I mean, it's the internet, you know, like, I mean, it's, you post something today and it doesn't resonate. You got a clean slate to do it again tomorrow. You know, nobody remembers, you know, like, yeah. so yeah, that's, I think that covers everything. <laughs> yeah, when you listed the topics, I'm like, I have a feeling. Fuck that happens. <laughs> yeah, no, you you nailed him. And honestly, this is the kind of tone and the kind of information I expected I might get out of you. Like, uh, and it's all one. Appreciate it. Um, you have a very uh, of compassionate view of creating and I think that's something that not everyone has I know sometimes I I don't feel that way and I think that's something that I really admire about you and the way you approach the work uh and the ability to really dive influences and integrate those influences into your derivative but being respectful of what has come before um and this idea of just working and just getting to the thing um which is easier, but when yeah. integrating that with self-compassion maybe makes it a little bit easier uh, for you. So um, I just wanted to say thank you. I mean, I I would love to hear if there's anything more that you want to talk about because um, the floor is the floor is yours. Is there anything that's been on your mind about creativity that uh, you've been riffing on or, or want to speak out loud? Uh, well, I think... Um... Number one, I appreciate you having me on. I was like super excited to do this because I mean, anytime we've ever talked, I think it's been like 
a couple hours. That's <laughs> my both like we both obsess over the like minutia of this stuff. So it was like really cool to like I was like, yeah, I could do this with Mike on a phone call. Like all we're doing is recording <laughs> like that- this is not that much different than what we would, you know, talk about on the phone. So um yeah, I mean I I the thing that I would add is as far as you know, like the mental health part of things, you know, with like self-compassion and stuff, I think it's really important to have people around you to remind you of your value and your worth. Cause there are absolutely days where I, I'm not feeling it. I'm not in a good space. And, um, I know the people that I can reach out to. I know journaling has helped like an incredible amount for that. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know that I have anything specific necessarily to say on the topic, but you asked as far as like the stuff that um, is kind of kicking around my head. I think that the main question that I'm kind of asking for myself now is, um, you know, how far to take what I'm doing? You know, do I start, do I start, um, you know, pulling other, you know, calling museums, galleries, restaurants, all these places to try and get my stuff hung up. Do I submit to places? Um, do I enjoy the fact that my stuff is kind of like more of a local commodity and my friends or the people that appreciate my stuff? Um, and you know, I, I, I'm kind of wrestling with that. And the, the reason that I bring that up, I kind of like keep myself up to answer my own question with that. Cause my friend. Um, Bruce Pandolfo, who like a lot of people know, um, he goes by all one. Um, he's a rapper and writer and he's incredible. And, uh, we were talking the other night and, you know, one of the things he said, which you were talking about, like quote worthy things, I thought this is such a brilliant point he made was like, you know, don't try to in- the, like envision like where the invisible wall will be, you know, like work until you actually hit a wall. Like allow yourself to see what you're capable of, you know, because like I think um, a lot of us tend to like make ourselves smaller than we really are, you know, and um, I, I know for me, one of the things that was really big for me that helped and I had meant to say this earlier, but as far as like cultivating with the community is the structure of open mics frustrated me and that I would meet really great people talk to them for 10 minutes and not see them for two weeks or a month. And I was like, that's so dumb. Like, why is that a thing? You know? So, um, like my second year in poetry, I got dinner with like 40 different creative people one-on-one. And I just like, you know, or I called people in the car, um, you know, um, and like I had gone out to, to like different poetry readings of like people who are more well-known that are like really doing, this on like a grander scale, you know, like when I met Joshua Bennett, like read poetry in front of the white house, you know, like in front of like the Obama family at the white house, you know, like just incredible stuff, you know, and like Terrence Hayes is like a really big influence for me as a thinker and someone who obsesses over poetry. Um, and like I met him in person and it was really cool and validating for him to be as human as he was. And he was like, 
dude, you still like reading with like the sound of the coffee machines in the background. I hate that shit, man. You know, and he's like, I remember being like that. You know, like, and this is a guy now who speaks at universities and gets paid big money to like, you know, go around and do these talks and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that any of that falls on a specific topic, but I think it just is interesting. It's well, just it's wild to kind of reflect back on like the the past five or six years of what like a creative whirlwind it's been. And, you know, um, even like doing this with you, it's like so cool that this is happening. I love this. I think this but, is why I do this stuff, you know? Well, you know, I think the topic you mentioned is how far do I take what I'm doing? And you mentioned like, this idea of these visible walls that we set up and mm. then, um, sorry, I'm forgetting the person's name who's speaking in front of the Obamas, but, um, what was his name? sir? Oh, Joshua Bennett. Yeah. Dang. Like, um, well now my mind is just slipping cause it's late and the coffee. Um, darn, I lost it. That's it. End of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this idea of, of kind of uh, how far can I take it? And then him speaking at universities and him being in front of um, the Obamas, speaking at the White House, seeing um, the another level, not the limits, but another level where this stuff can go. And then realizing, wait, maybe that like maybe I could live in that space, too. You know, like maybe that limit of uh, people in New York knowing about your work isn't the where it starts and ends but maybe there's more to it. Is that kind of yeah. why those things all came out in, in the same sort of um, moment? You know, you mentioned all of those things, one monologue, and I'm wondering uh, if you feel like that is connected in that way, like uh, seeing what other people have done while thinking about what you have done and what you could do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's super important, you know, and I mean, I, I think it's even funny, like, I had listened to a podcast that Joshua Bennett was on and, you know, he has that where like, you know, he's at a point now where like somebody asked him if he was going to run for like the state Senate or something. And he's like, I'm a freaking poet, like, you know, but he articulates himself so well. And I mean, one of the things that his particular poetry deals with is a lot, um, takes on a lot of issues with racism. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, like, people see him as a voice for other people, you know, and like, you don't really know how far your stuff is going to go until you put it out there, you know, and it just, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it's saying yes to all the things that happen until, you know, until you have enough things going on to eventually lucky enough that you can say no to great opportunities because there's better ones, you know? Right. I just well, don't think that. I know that I would love to see you uh, go as far as you possibly can with uh, the work that you're putting out. Um, and I think more people in the world should know about you. So that's what I think. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. <laughs> more people in the world will feel the same. Um, it's partially why I wanted to do these lives because I don't want to get people that are like mega famous on here where everyone knows. I want to get people that are doing great work that I know, that I respect and appreciate, that I want the people that I know, know because that's how it all starts anyway. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I just want to say that I, I fully believe in what you're doing. Um, and I think you should keep doing it. Um, I'm going to send out this. Yeah. 
which is from JC, which is, do you have a favorite collage you've created? Um, I, the thing that I would say is after I finished, um, there are sometimes I can't think of any specifically, um, except there's, there's one random one that I did for my friend Wayne, that was a paper collage, mm -hmm. um, that he commissioned from me. And for a little while I did collages that, um, I allowed people to like commission them for me and kind of customize them. So they would give me like a handful of things that they love or whatever. And then I would make, you know, they would give me time to find the images for them and I would make them a collage. And, um, Wayne is a, a high school science teacher who is a paleontologist over the summer, which is like, that's so cool. You know, like, and he writes poetry and he's incredible, great guy. And, um, he like his collage, because like, it was such a mix of random things. Like I put science in there. Um, I ended up putting like a stuffed toy dinosaur in there because he's a dad. So I was like, that covers him as a paleontologist and a dad, you know, like different books, uh, that were in there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really love the stuff that I'm making now. I mean, I, I make this stuff because I think it looks cool and there's some kind of in, like internal you know, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, switch that flips or something when I know I'm done mm. with them, um, that I, you know, will submit them and, uh, you know, and I definitely get joy out of making them. Um, and I mean, there's so many at this point that I've made, I don't know. And I, I don't say that as like a humble brag. It's just something in my head. like, I have no idea, like as a favorite one, but, um, I mean, I think it's cool. Like the one that I did for my friend Wayne, um, is like hanging next to his family crest in his house. I'm like, I have like my collage hanging next to a paleontologist family crest. Like I could retire today. I'm good. You know, like that's such a cool random thing. You know? A sentence I never thought I would hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I probably will never hear again. <laughs> family crest. I like that. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it has a lot of meaning to you and to the to the individual. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the more people could hear you and and your thoughts and your philosophies, the the better. To be honest, um, they'll hear me in other places and uh, when the book comes out. So, um, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Nice. I'd have to just because we're on here and. Um, you're an incredible musician. It would be not like me to not recommend people to check out Michael's stuff. It's under Michael J. Morgan. Um, it looks like that beautiful face that you're looking at right now. And he has a beautiful voice, so check it out. <laughs> Thanks so much again. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. I'll talk to you soon, man. Take care. Take care, man.